You are now tuning in to Let's Be Honest with host Just Jonda. Hello, and welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and tonight, episode 37. If you don't say it, they can't spray it. Now, when I say that, it's pretty simple. Keep your mouth closed, and then you don't have to worry about everybody telling your business. And in this case, I'm going to call on... Let's call him an old friend. Emphasis on old. Hey, Lindsay. Lindsay, darling. Your slip is showing. Or maybe pantaloons. I'm not really sure how you handle that. I'm a little afraid to know how you handle that. And just in case you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about our dear, dear friend, the ever-wrinkled and oh-so-dapper Lindsey Graham, senator from South Carolina, who felt that in his rabid support for President Trump and the election that they don't seem to want to end, that he would call various states to, I don't know, check in to see how things were going, check on the recount, see if you guys need any pizza, do you have enough drinks, need water, you need soda, what do you need? And do you need any help maybe getting rid of some ballots? Hmm. Well, let's talk about what allegedly occurred. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who has been increasingly under fire, which is crazy, and I've said this before because he is a Republican who fully supports his governor, who fully supports the party. He's not some rebel here. In fact, many have probably never even heard this man's name. But unfortunately, he has the job right now, and I say unfortunately for him, I guess, of being the Secretary of State Georgia in one of the messiest elections probably in modern history. And his own party has been consistently turning on him because as far as Secretary Raffensperger is concerned, he ran a clean election, did a good job, you know, because think about it, for him to say the election was rigged or dirty or just all around screwed up, whether you want to say it was the machines or dead people voting. Well, no, they just said that about Philly, but whatever, bags being thrown in the ocean, all the craziness that has been said about the election, that would mean that he didn't do his job. And he's not going to say that. As far as he's concerned, everything has been on the up and up. 
Now, he did admit that there were some votes that were found, I guess a card that wasn't run through machine. The votes apparently were counted, but the card was not put in, so those numbers didn't register. And it was in um, a largely Republican district, uh, I think maybe around 2,700 votes. Well, 2,700 votes total in multiple places. But, um, you know, again, he said that these are things that you find in an audit and nothing that impacts the election. President Trump, I believe, gleaned about, I think he said about 700 votes from that batch, Biden about 400. So there is still, even with what little they have found, Joe Biden is still ahead 12,000 votes and some change. And he expects that their recount will be done tomorrow. So despite the fact that there were, I don't know, five or six million votes, they're almost done. They have just gone at this day and night so they can get it over with and get their election certified. And I don't blame him. And I also don't blame him for feeling like, you know what, if I go along with this and say that this election is rigged, that would essentially be me falling on my sword that I didn't do my job, thus ruining my political career. Now, I am assuming that as Secretary of State, he was appointed. So his political career in terms of appointed positions in Georgia may be over anyway. Unless the governor is doing this with a wink uh, towards him to say, look, I, I just have to act like I'm giving you a hard time, but we're good when all of this is over. We just want to make sure that we stay in the good graces of the Republican Party, whether that is with uh, Trump as the leader because he stays president or with all the other guys who want to press this issue issue mcconnell graham etc um i again i think he screwed either way and lord knows he can't trust kemp i mean kemp is the person who had the job before him and didn't even remove himself or recuse himself when he was running for governor against uh stacy abrams so that's that's just a mess all the way around now raffensperger was he actually told Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room Monday evening, but he also had did an interview on Monday with the Washington Post, and it, it this whole situation with Graham had come up because Graham was talking about the Georgia signature matching law, and that he you know just had some doubts about the whole thing, so. Once again, when Raffensperger was being interviewed by the Post and again by Wolf Blitzer, he was defending himself and his procedures and the job that he and his people have done. So he talked about a conversation that he had with Lindsey Graham, who apparently had been calling multiple people, but he's one of them. He said that Graham asked if ballots could be matched back to the voters. And he got he said i got the sense it implied then that you could throw those out for any if you look in the counties with the highest frequent error of signatures so that's the impression i got so 
it, this is kind of a direct transcript, so it's kind of messy. So I'm going to translate. Essentially, he was telling him to that what he took from it is that Lindsey Graham was implying, look hard, and, and this is a quote from Raffensperger, look hard and see how many ballots you could throw out. Now, the person who was in the room with him was interviewed tonight on Anderson Cooper, and he kind of danced around it and sort of said, well, what the secretary said was true, but what Senator Graham said was true too. If this didn't happen, all he had to say was it didn't happen. That's not the, the exact words that came out of Graham's mouth. And by implication, I do not think that that is what he meant. And Secretary Raffensperger is just drawing wild conclusions just based on the fact that people are putting him under pressure, etc. And that is not what he said. He danced around it, which to me means that while he did not corroborate it because he doesn't want to put himself in the middle of this mess, he could have simply said it wasn't true if it wasn't. So it's, it's very interesting. And let's face it, Lindsey Graham has, he has given art. I mean, he has literally elevated it to an actual art form, the whole hiding things. Because um, according to some folks, especially some that came out, what was it, last summer, the summer before? Not to mention the fact that it's not inobvious. Lindsay is uh, hiding a lot more than a conversation or two with the Secretary of State of Georgia. And I'm just going to leave that alone. Toodaloo, Lindsay. This is another moment I would have paid real money for. And I don't have any, but I would have found it and paid it. This is like me telling you that I would have paid money and still would to see uh, President Trump bouncing off the rails in the White House, especially in those initial days, like immediately after the election. But seeing Rudy Giuliani in court more than three decades after the last time he's argued anything in federal court. I mean, there was an attorney, there was an attorney tonight talking on the news and saying there were literally basic questions he couldn't answer regarding, like from the jump, like constitutional law class 101, what standard the court should use in deciding the case. And nobody is giving him high marks on his performance. This was the Trump campaign's way of bringing in, I guess, the big guns to show we've got the fancy lawyers. It's like the modern day version of, in their minds, I guess, of bringing in the dream team. It's 
I, I guess it was a Trump campaign's feeling of, woo, we have got it going on, kind of like when uh, the magic of Johnny Cochran and um, who was it? Oh my gosh, the name just went out of my head. But you know the dream team folks, Cochran, Dershowitz, uh, uh, Kardashian, who actually was a civil attorney, but you know, I guess he looked good sitting there. And oh, and Ethley Bailey. So yeah, he he thought that he had that going on by bringing in Rudy Giuliani, who let's face it, big personality i'm sure talked a lot of smack hands moving and he's got the the new york accent going on and all of that but as he has shown well let's just say i'm still a part of the school that feels like somebody needs to call his kids to come and pick him up because daddy needs a little break the sun is going down and things aren't going so well for dad. You know, he's he's the dad that you have to take the driver's license from, hide the keys, and pretty much just remove the car from the entire vicinity of the house, or he's going to go driving, and he's probably going to run into people. So apparently he was grilled for hours. This hearing went on for five hours, uh, before a judge, in fact, a district court judge, uh, Matthew Brand. Now, this is in Pennsylvania. So this is this was a big one because they are literally trying to get those ballots invalidated with every claim it, that you can think of. In fact, Giuliani even asserted, uh, and this comes from the inquire, Inquirer, without evidence that a mafia-like, he even used those words, that a mafia-like cabal of Democratic leaders in cities nationwide used mail-in ballots to rig the election in Joe Biden's favor. And again, I love the way this language, there's, there's so much interesting stuff that is happening with the language that's being used that I feel like I need to write them all down and we'll have a show just on that. Because as, as I know, just whether it's from practicing law or just from writing or even talking to you, and it happens all the time, so I did not invent this, whether you're being sold something or advertising or trying to be or uh, people are trying to persuade you or so, of something, words are used very creatively. Okay, obviously you know that. But there are certain words that are continuously used so that they evoke in the mind of the listener that perhaps something is wrong with the opposite. Now I'm going to, in, in the best way to illustrate this is to use one that is constantly being used lately. Until this election, you never heard constant use of the words legal ballots or valid ballots, but mainly legal ballots. It has always just been understood it's a ballot. Now, either is complete or incomplete, it's thrown out. Of course, back in 2000, we had chads, hanging chads, dangling chads, whatever. Um, 
And of course, we know that different states have different ways of doing it. You've got scanners, you've got fill in the bubbles, all of that. But the bottom line is they have been called ballots, period. Now, to constantly, as the Trump campaign has been very effective, it has been very effective in doing because now they have other people like the news media saying it. They have been very effective in using the words legal ballots because by constantly using the words legal ballots, it immediately gives you the listener the idea that, well, if there's legal ballots, then there's illegal ballots. Well, what's the deal with these illegal ballots? Where are they? Who used them? What's going on? So now we've got legal ballots and illegal ballots. Get where I'm going with this? So that's one that tends to come up a lot. And the same thing with the mail-in ballots. You know what mail-in ballots have been for most of our entire lives? Absentee ballots. We know that. Soldiers have used them. Expats, people of, people who are living and working in other countries use them. College students use them. I used it when I was in college as well. They're just absentee ballots. The only difference here is that because of COVID, the use of absentee ballots was expanded to the point where you didn't have to live out of state. Oh, and seniors have used them for years as well. You didn't have to live out of state. And for any state that had any type of requirement that you give a reason for wanting one, not every state requires that, but if there are states that require that, well, you didn't have to. And why was that? Because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Now, did one party more effectively use that uh, use that um, availability as a means of getting more of their people to come out because this presented more options than election day, long lines when you have to go to work or potentially bad weather or not having a ride? The, the many, many countless reasons why people ultimately end up not voting. Well, if anybody can vote absentee, then you eliminate quite a few obstacles. You eliminate people's excuses for not voting, whether they're valid or not. And then there's people who may not have given a damn, but if other people in their house were voting absentee, they may have been able to convince them, come on, just do it anyway, just cast your freaking ballot. The other party wanted their people to all show up that day, make a big mass showing. There's no pandemic because, of course, the pandemic was turned into a political thing as well. There's no reason for you not to be there on Election Day and exercise your rights like a good American citizen. If there's a line, you stand in it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. There were two different ways of encouraging your people to exercise their rights to vote. And one side arguably used it more effectively than the other. But to be 
quite frank, this was a highly contested, nasty, nasty election where the numbers were the highest in history for both candidates and of course the highest historically overall. But even for individual candidates, they both surpassed the previous records for the number of individuals voting for a single candidate. Joe Biden, uh, you know, holds the actual record that the next person has to break only because he got the higher number. But both of them did. The number prior to this was like 68 million, something, 68, 69 million. Trump got 70, 71 million votes. Biden right now is about 75, 76. There's about uh, probably not quite 5 million votes separating them. It's an astronomical number of people that voted, which tells me that absentee or not, there is a very strong possibility, despite the havoc that it would have caused on election day, that there would have been record high numbers anyway. And while we may or may not be in the same exact place with the numbers, we certainly could be close because this was an election that people took a tremendous, tremendous amount of interest in. Obviously, we can debate on that all day. We will not but just a little food for thought. Finally, one of the things that the court said to Giuliani, because that's what we were talking about a few moments ago, one of the things that the uh, court said to Giuliani was, and this is a quote, at bottom, you're asking this court to invalidate some 6.8 million votes, thereby disenfranchising every single voter in the Commonwealth, Gron said. Can you tell me how this result could possibly be justified? And just in case you think Rudy backed down, he didn't. He basically argued, yeah, if there was fraud in what happened, if there were these widespread abuses that he can't prove, then yeah, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Invalidate the election results in Pennsylvania, thereby not having them count. Now, with Joe Biden at 306, we know that he doesn't need Pennsylvania. In fact, once he had Arizona, however slim the margin, he did get it. Once he had Arizona and Nevada, quite frankly, he didn't need Pennsylvania or Georgia. They were just nice to have. By all accounts, he was in the threshold to win no matter what. He had, uh, if you went by, uh, who was it? Fox. If you went by Fox's standards, um, numbers, he had 264 and then the six from Nevada would have given him 270 exactly. If you went by CNN, he had 253 and he would have been at 269, but there was something else that would have put him, put him over. I just can't remember what it is. But at any rate, oh, and by the way, in Pennsylvania, up by about 70,000 votes now. Just thought I'd mention that.
nuts, nuts, nuts. So let's go to some fools in the news. Interestingly enough, one is apparently a, a Trumper too. Who knew? Well, we found out recently right before the election. So our final story today is on Lil Wayne, the rapper. You know, Wheezy, the much-tattooed, oddly dreadlocked, tiny little man who appeared on stage with President Trump probably about a day or two before the election and tweeting out that he supported Donald Trump and even went so far as to break up with his girlfriend. It, that only lasted a few days, but a whole public breakup thing because she supported Biden, which again, didn't last very many days. Yeah, that idiot. And not an idiot because he supports Trump. There's a whole lot of other reasons he's an idiot, like the fact that he drinks cough syrup and Sprite. Well, last December, Lil Toonchi, Wheezy, Lil Wayne, Dwayne, Michael Carter Jr. was uh, came into Miami on a private plane. Not really sure where he was coming from, but doesn't matter. So when they were going through his bags, among other sparkly baubles and beads, they found a little cache of drugs because why wouldn't you have your drugs? And also a gold-plated gun with ammunition. Well, there's a number of problems with that. I mean, you got the whole traveling on an airplane thing. There you got some drugs, some pills, and some other stuff. And the fact that you are a convicted felon. Well, for whatever reason, I suspect maybe some negotiations over the course of the past, I mean, it's what, 10 months now, 12, 11 months. I mean, Christmas is next month and this happened in December. So I suspect that over the past 10, 11 months, there's probably been some negotiations going on um, in advance of the actual charge. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm just at a loss for figuring out why it took them so long to bring this charge against him, especially since he admitted the gun was his, which, you know, this being a status offense, it doesn't matter the why, who gave it to you. Was it a special gift from whomever? You are a convicted felon, therefore you are not allowed to have firearms. And unless, you know, it's a toy gun, I suppose, because even a BB gun is a firearm, you're not supposed to have it. And that's just the essence of status defense. It's, it's really cut and dry. They only have to prove basically a few things. Were you, uh, are you a felon? And were you still a felon such that your record hadn't been expunged or any type of conditions as it relates to you and the possession of a firearm um, ha having been lifted due to some special circumstance for rich people? And of course, was it yours? Did you, was it in your possession? Well, in this case, it was in his luggage. But again, according to the story, he did admit to it being his. Of course, 
I'm sure that is going to be one of the sticking points if he tries to fight this, if they don't come to some kind of satisfactory deal. It's because it was in my bags. It wasn't in my pocket. It wasn't whatever. You know, it's somebody gave it to me as a gift. I didn't want it. One of my valets packed it in my bag. Whatever excuses which rappers try to come up with for the dumb shit they do that always seems to end up, you know, blowing up in their faces. Not literally, of course, in an airport. I mean, T.I. airport. Um, that other kid, that uh, the rapper that um, ended up in the bathroom, I think he died on... It was some yeah the one who took all the pills i think this was last winter too something like that again airport crap on a plane like all all of this stuff um yeah it, it, they want to fly around with it now as far as i'm concerned i've already gone way deeper on this story than i really care to or actually plan to it's just you know how i am when it comes to legal stuff i enjoy talking about it with you but as far as Lil Tunchi is concerned, he can call his boy Trump. That's his buddy. He came out and endorsed him the day before the election, even though, was he able to vote? I don't know. But <laughs> at any rate, that's his homeboy. So maybe he'll get a pardon. Who knows? It'll be interesting because we know that there is going to be a laundry list of pardons. It's just a matter of who they are. But trust and believe, part of the uh, individuals on that laundry list, it will be people who are very beneficial to Trump as he moves forward towards potential indictments of his own. Can't afford to have uh, people angry with him whether they actively help him or passively help him by not saying anything, the best thing for him to do is have his pardoning pen ready for literally anybody that went to jail over the past year or so. And they were, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, over the past three or four years and anything they did was remotely attached to him. As much as he hates his former attorney, hell, pardon him too. Maybe he'll shut up because right now he's doing you no favors. So um, it's, it is going, so that part's going to be interesting. But as it relates to Lil Wayne, which is why I started talking about the pardons, I hope his homeboy gives him one, just like he tried to give him the votes of his fans, despite the fact that he may not have actually been able to vote himself but whatever. So I am going to go now. I know this was a little shorter, which I did say I was going to do. And also I have a couple of items that I need to finish. Tomorrow, 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 we are back for episode two of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. When I come on tomorrow for the after show, I have so much tea. 
oh my gosh, I actually had to say it like that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But I, I've got, I mean, the information about these women and certainly about one in particular has just been going fast and furious. And I've, I've had some, uh, some extra time to not, well, I never have any extra time. I mean, some time that I took out to specifically devote to fact check, fact checking and looking at different sources and, you know, sort of putting some, putting the pieces together and connecting some dots. So this is going to be fun. I didn't really get much of a sense of what tomorrow's episode is going to be about in particular, because since last week was the first episode, they did one of those, um, the trailer when it was about to go off was one of those extra long ones that shows you like sort of what's coming up for the whole season. I suspect there will be some fallout, obviously, from the birthday party that wasn't actually for the birthday girl. Um, and so there's reasons in multiple directions <laughs> for uh, folks to be upset with one another. But at any rate, I'm already getting excited and about to go down a rabbit hole about that, but I won't because I want to save it all up for tomorrow when I come on to both recap the episode, give you some tea, and if if there's any additional Bravo tea, like anything else leaks regarding the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion, which so far they've done a pretty damn good job other than um, Andy Cohen just saying it went for 11 hours and women unfollowing each other, which they always do after the reunion. Um, they have done a pretty good job, at least for the past four or five days. <laughs> I'm sure it won't last long of keeping a lid on what happened. I just hope that they don't do as Andy kind of hinted. Uh, do a four episode reunion no reunion needs to be that long even the one time the real housewives did of atlanta did it uh they could have cut out at least two even when they do three they can cut out at least two so um hopefully they will uh, they will think more of the audience and just tighten that up a bit and maybe get us the real housewives of salt lake city on sunday nights following Potomac so that it gets the audience it deserves. Enough about that. You see how excited I am that tomorrow is our party. So we're going to have the Facebook party in the meeting room on Facebook, just like we did last week. And then, of course, I'm going to come here. Please follow me, as always, on all social media platforms. If you are on Instagram or Twitter, you can follow me at Let's Be Honest JJ. That's L-E-T-S-B-E-H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J -E -E for Just Jonda. And on Facebook, join our group at the Fashion and Drama Diaries. You can see the link in the info box because I know it's a little different. But like I said the last time, I've had it for five years, so I didn't want to change it up on the followers there. So come and join the party there. We communicate every day. So even when it's not nonstop November, I do give a lot of daily scoop there. And a lot of that is um, entertainment related. So come on over and party with us. Follow me on any platform you like the, in terms of podcasts and where you listen. If you have iTunes, please go on there. Give me five stars and a review. And as always, if you are interested in it and thinking about it and want to talk about it, chances are 
I'm thinking about it and want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. Good night.